Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your host today, and I'm excited to be with you. This is a live call-in show, and I just want to encourage you to call in. Today we're going to have a special gift, a special offer for all of those that are the on-air callers today. We're going to select one from the many calls that will come in and give away my newest book called Our Union with Christ. Our Union with Christ. And this book actually deals with our marriage relationship to the Lord. So the first five chapters deal with marriage and the institution of marriage and the connection between marriage, between a, a husband and a wife, a male and a female. That's a type of Christ and the church, that marriage is actually a great mystery. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32 says, but when God talks about a marriage, he's really talking about Christ and the church. That's why marriage is called holy matrimony. And so I deal with marriage in this book on uh, how to honor marriage, uh, who created marriage, why get married. Boy, that's a powerful, a powerful chapter on why do you get married. And you need to teach your children and your grandchildren on why to get married. And then I segue on into then the purpose the purpose of marriage, and then I tie it into Christ and the church. And so that's the giveaway, our union with Christ, all the on-air callers today, one will be selected on the book, and then we'll give you a call to let you know that you won. Well, the number to call in for the show is 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. Two, three, four, one, and I'll be glad to answer your questions and take your comments, praying that they'll be positive and good in the name of Jesus. And so I need to go over some announcements before I get into the teaching today. We have our Global Ministers Conference 2023. That's our Global Ministers Conference. That's October the 2nd through the 6th. So that's just right around the corner and you need to register for that. It's a free conference, but we would love to have you register. The keynote speakers are Andrew Walmack, Mike and Carrie Pickett, Bob Yandian, Bob Nichols, Greg Moore, Wendell Parr, Billy Eberhardt, and I'm privileged to get to speak at our minister's conference as well. That's October the 2nd through the 6th, that's right around the corner. You can register at WMI, AWMI, my bad, AWMI.net. We also have an awesome conference for women coming up November the 2nd through the 4th. It's called Women Arise 2023. And these are powerful, powerful conferences for our women, our wives, our daughters. I want to encourage you to register at awmi.net, Women's Arise. That's November the 2nd through the 4th. And our keynote speakers are Carrie Pickett, Audrey Mack, 
and Elizabeth Murin, and all of these ladies are absolutely high quality speakers and people. You don't want just a good speaker, you want a good person. And these people are excellent, excellent people. And they will bless your, your wives. Guys, you need to register your wife and send her, hallelujah. You'll be blessed for it. So that's the upcoming events. I also want to encourage you uh, to go to truthandliberty.net. I'm assuming if you're live, uh, you're there now, but we have so many things that we offer. We've got a 24-7 news feed that's updated every 15 minutes on current events from conservative news outlets. And we really need information desperately that we can trust in these last days. And so I want to encourage you to go there for those resources. You can also uh, view all of our Truth and Liberty live broadcast. They're archived. So you can go back and watch them as well. That'll be a blessing to you. And the Truth and Liberty Conference 2023 was just incredible. And that is available on demand as well. well I want to do something different before I get into the scriptures today. In our current events section under truthandliberty.net, our news outlets, there's a few articles I want to bring to your attention that apply to what's on my heart. I'm going to be sharing on our faith and family, faith and family, and especially marriage. But I'm going to hit this from a whole different angle. And, and I believe this will be a blessing to you and help you understand why there's such an assault on marriage. There's such an assault on male-female. There's such an assault on our young people specifically and their, and their gender. Under the Biden administration, you'll see different articles. I want to bring your attention to the last one. Joe Biden's health department wants to erase father and mother from child care law. All of our laws in regards to child care, this administration wants to eliminate the phrase father and mother. Can you imagine the millions of Christians that voted for an administration that's offended at the phrase father and mother? Yet within the Ten Commandments, number five talks about honoring your father and your mother. That's Exodus 20. And then Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the, the prosperity of our children and their longevity is directly connected to obeying and honoring their father and their mother. There's not only been an assault on marriage, and I'm going to explain why here in a minute, but there's been an assault on fatherhood. There's a reason why the devil hates fathers, and those yielded to demonic principalities are against fatherhood, the term father, mothers, etc., etc. You need to go to that article. Also, if you'll scan down in the, in the different news, news articles, there's a section called Faith in Culture. Faith in Culture. And listen to this. Christi Christianity's decline likely due to the collapse of marriage, fatherhood survey says. You know, I kind of want to go, duh, but you'd be shocked, brothers and sisters, many of you, on, on how many people have no idea what the assault on marriage is all about and how that the assault on marriage is actually an assault on the gospel, on the gospel. And so those were the ones I wanted to highlight as far as the current news. I thought about just elaborating on those articles 
But as I prayed about this, it came into my heart that the reason people can't understand what's going on as far as the culture collapsing, the home collapsing, marriage being redefined, assaulted, and absolutely collapsing is because they don't understand different levels of authority, levels of authority. So I'm going to share on levels of authority here in just a few moments and try to tie it into our families, tie it into marriage and the institution of marriage. One of the articles I read and did some research on this week, and again, I thought I might spend time on it, but it was a Canadian father that the public school system literally indoctrinated her, her or his daughter at 14 years of age in this gender confusion movement, this assault on the two genders, this assault on our given, our God-given, God-assigned gender. That's what's going on here. This is an assault beyond what you can see in the surface. There's principalities behind all of this. There's powers that are behind all of this that the intent is to destroy everything that is near and dear to God. And because people haven't understood this, I remember when, when decades ago this movement came out uh, uh, to redefine marriage, man, I just stood up and, and, and spoke out against this. And I began to try to explain to people that this is not just an assault on the institution of marriage, it's an assault on the gospel. Because see, marriage is something seen that unveils something unseen. Marriage is between a, a man and a woman that reveals the relationship that we, the church, have with Christ and how that Christ is like a husband and we, the church, are like a wife betrothed to the Lord. So what Satan is doing is trying to distort in a generation's mind the picture of marriage so he can destroy it in a generation's mind the picture of Christ and the church. And so all of this is by design, brothers and sisters. And part of the great awakening, I believe with all my heart, this third great awakening, part of it will be the restoration of the home that there's an awakening that's taking place. This man in Canada, where the public school there indoctrinated his daughter in this transgender ideology uh, and, and absolutely messed up her mind and the state itself literally took her away from him and gave her hormone blockers uh, which is just a horrible thing to, to do to a child. And on and on I could go with all that happened to the daughter and how that this father tried to defend his daughter and, and get her out of that setting. And literally he got arrested and was accused. Now listen to me, brothers and sisters, because I guarantee if anybody in the government hears what I'm saying right now, they'll call me a conspiracy theorist and that I've lost my mind, that the government isn't trying to take our children away from us. But we see in other parts of the world where this has gone further and this movement is literally taking children away from their parents. This father wound up being imprisoned because they figured out a way to charge him now. Now listen, with child abuse for not affirming 
his daughter's confusion. Think about that for a minute. We will see the day if we don't see a, a movement of God, if we don't have an intervention of God soon, we'll see the day that the government will begin to take away our children from us and call us child abusers, arrest us for child abuse because we won't affirm identity confusion in our children. That's how evil this is. That's how demonic this is. And that's the path we're on. I and many ministers, good ministers, decades ago stood up and said that this path of redefining marriage and, and destroying the institution of marriage will lead to other unintended by the ignorant and innocent consequences. But to those who know what they're doing, they knew if you can destroy the institution of marriage, you can now destroy the nuclear family, which is a father and a mother, the transgender movement, the identity confusion is all about the destruction of the home and the destruction of the marriage relationship and indirectly is an assault on fatherhood because it's father's responsibilities to protect the children. And so this man in Canada is the path that we're on and what he faced, even going to prison for trying to protect his child uh, from this identity confusion and this manipulation of our children and the mutilation of our children and their bodies. This is some evil stuff that's happening. And it is not by accident, it is by design. So let me try to explain the big picture because this is what helped me when the Lord opened this up to me in simplicity. It helped me understand what's going on behind the scenes. Many times, even as Christians, we get caught up in the moment and the issue, and the issue is not always about the real issue. The issue is a symptom or a means to an end, the, the elimination of God's authority in our culture, God's government in our culture, and God affecting all these other areas of authority. Because see, the devil is, is the lawless one. He has to eliminate faith in God in order to bring about the destruction of society and cultures and families and our businesses, our, our means of prosperity. All of this stuff has something behind it that's demonic. And I believe that the levels of government will help you understand and be able to see what you can't see with these eyes, but see what's going on behind the scenes. So let me go over this quickly on the levels of government. There are four primary levels of government, four primary levels of government. The first one is God's government. The second one is family government. The third one is church government. And the fourth one is civil government that's broke up into three categories, local, state, and federal. Let me quickly give you a reference here. I gave you references in the slide that you're looking at, but I can't turn to all these references because of my time constraints, but God's government is over all the other governments. And so let me read this out of Isaiah and what he said in chapter nine, verse, verse six, uh, for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment, justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. So the first level of government is God's government and all other forms of government fall under God's government and is accountable to God's government. God's government is his kingdom. And that kingdom is here, whether you believe it or not, whether you submit to it or not, Jesus is Lord. Jesus isn't Lord to just those of us who believe. No, those of us who believe acknowledge his Lordship, but Jesus is Lord over all. And every, everyone will give an account to Jesus for the deeds done in the flesh. And all other forms of government are accountable to God's government, God's kingdom. And when God's kingdom isn't first, when God's kingdom isn't first and foremost, all the other levels of authority get corrupted. They get perverted. And there's a form of abuse in every one of them when they're not under submission to Jesus and to his, his kingdom. The, the second form of government that we looked at there is family government. And that's the order of the home, that there is an order to the home. There's, there's family government. Adam was created first. Eve came out of Adam. She was in him, Genesis chapter 2 says. And Genesis chapter 2 verses 18 through 25 talk about marriage and now the order of the home, Adam being the head of the home. Eve was created a co-equal in loved, a co-equal in, in dominion with Adam, but she was also called to be a help meet to Adam. Not a help mat, but a help meet. One, one adaptable, the Amplified Bible says. One that, that could help him in their bivocational call together to rule and take dominion in the earth. And if you go to the New Testament, you've got 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, that talks about headship, covering, order, government. You've got God is the head of Jesus. Jesus is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman. And the man and the woman are the head of the children, the head of the home together as co-laborers together. And all of that is simply order. It's God's government. It's God's structure. And, and without it, there's chaos. There's lawlessness uh, and great damage created. In Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about the home and the headship of the home the order of the home, the government of the home. It talks about how that the husband is the head of the wife and the savior now of the body or the natural domain, domain and that the wife is to submit to the, to the husband. And again, chapter six goes on to the children now obeying and honoring or submitting to dads and moms father and mother. It's all structure. It's all God's government. But notice when the family is not in submission to God's government, then there's abuse. There's the abuse of authority within the home. And that's a result of not yielding to Jesus. 
Just like, again, the husband is the head of the wife, he is not to get puffed up in that or be controlling or manipulative because Christ is his head. And even Christ has a covering, and that is, is God. The third level of government is church government. Church government. And brothers and sisters, I guarantee you, the majority of you watching right now probably have not heard much about church government and that there are elders in the church and there's order in the church and that the elders are to rule and they're not to rule with uh, their authority in, in the form of destruction, but they are to use their authority for edification, Paul, Paul said. But Hebrews chapter 13 is the best chapter on this principle of church government, how that we are to obey them that have the rule over us. There, there is a structure within the, the church where there's protection, there's a covering, and, and, and that's a good thing. But notice again, even when the church is not in submission to God, the one who is over all authority and the one that we are all accountable to with our authority, then you see church abuse. You see the abuse of power within churches when there's not an understanding of government, when there's not an understanding of, of order and God's kind of rule within church government. And then you have civil government, which is number four. And Romans 13 is, is one of the best scriptures on this because it covers all forms of government. Listen at Romans 13 verse one. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, I want to stop there. That doesn't mean everyone in a position of authority, God put them there. No, that position of authority was created by God. That structure was created by God. Those boundaries were created by God, and now those in that office that was created by God are held accountable to God for how they use their authority. Like I'm the head of my home. That's a position as husband, as father. And I have authority over my home and the governing of my home. And even 1 Timothy chapter 3 talks about ruling my own home well, or how shall I take care now of the church of God? So my position though, as a husband and as a dad, I'm held accountable to God for that. And do I use that authority for edification, for building, for helping everyone be nourished and grow in my family? Or am I an abusive father or an abusive husband? Without God, you have abusive fathers and uh, abusive husbands, and they'll give an account to God for that. But that position was ordained by God of the home and of the father and the husband being the head. That came from God. Now I'm accountable to God for how I exercise that authority. Same thing with government. I hear people all the time say, God put those people into government. Uh, no, we primarily in our ignorance have put people into government. Uh, and we, we need to repent of that. We need to change our minds and our direction on who we put in authority. But those who find themselves in government, notice what it goes on to say, therefore, whosoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God. 
and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. I just don't understand what people hear when we either read that or when they read that. They just said, that just said God has ordained government and that the purpose of government is to punish evildoers and protect those that do good. That's the purpose of government under God's authority. But when you bring it out from under God's authority, it becomes abusive and we see government without God, government with evil people come after people that are good and they protect people that are evil. That's what happens when we don't engage in prayer and in our civil duties in, in electing people to govern our cities, our state, and our national government. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For, for because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's minister attending continually for this very thing. Man, three times he said, these people are ministers of God. And just like in church government, can I get a witness that there are some pastors that abuse their authority? They, they abuse and corrupt their authority. And that is not God's will. That is not God's intent. And on and on we could go with these levels of authority. Let me show you these last two slides. The first slide is an upside down triangle. And this is how authority works. This is how government ordained by God works. God is at the top of the triangle. It's an upside down triangle, but he's at the top and he has the widest range of authority. All other authority in this triangle are de dedicated by God. They're delegated and dedicated by God for the good of those who do good and for the punishment of those who do not do do right, but do evil. So right under that, your first level then of, a, of authority and government is family, then under that is church, then under that is civil authority, natural authority, and that's local authority, that's state authority, and federal authority. And that's, that's the way the authority flows. Notice who has the least amount of authority under God the federal government. <laughs> Amen. Now look at the triangle in perversion. It's now under perversion, independent of God, and you, you'll see the abuse of authority. Marxist and Marxism, socialism and communism, this is what the triangle looks like. This is the goal of those who want to reject God. Notice the federal government is at the top. They have the most authority, then the state, then the local, then civil. Then from there, I mean, it starts going downhill fast. They are there to many of them who do evil to eliminate the church, eliminate the family, and look at where God winds up. God winds up out of the equation totally. 
And that's what's happening, brothers, brothers and sisters, in our culture today. In our culture today, all of this stuff, I, I mean, everything you can mention and name is for the elimination of God. It's an attack on God's authority, God's word, God's rule, God's kingdom, and uh, they will not profit. Ultimately, all rebellious authority will be cast down and God and those who love God are going to rule and reign on this earth eventually. Well, I'm going to take a 90 second break and we'll go to your calls. We still have lines that are open. And remember, we have a free book that we're going to give away to the on-air callers today. We're going to select one of the on-air callers and give our book, Our Union with Christ, for free. Let's take a 90 second break. We are the antidote for what's happening in this world. But you need to see beyond the physical, and I believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead. God has a word for you, God has a plan for you, and God is raising up an army that knows how to fight the right fight the right way. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. We get to stop looking at this word as someday. We gotta look at it, it is for now. And the Spirit of God, don't you think is big enough to teach you, to show you how to do things? Stop thinking that one day when I am super spiritual or when I have the money I need. No, start doing what he called you to do right now with the strength you have. So Father, we say yes to that today. Hi everyone, welcome back. Want to encourage you to give us a call with your questions or your comments. And we're giving away one of my copies of Union with Christ, our Union with Christ. And this book deals with marriage on why get married? What is the purpose of marriage? How does marriage connect us to Christ and the church and uh, a deeper relationship with Jesus? And uh, we'll give away one of these copies to one of the on-air callers today. And we'll take your number. We'll select one at the end of the broadcast. And then we'll give you a call back to let you know you, you got the free book. Well, a couple of questions that have been submitted that we want to go to. Uh, Luke 12, 53, it says, fathers will be divided against son, a son against fathers. Does that uh, apply to our times? Um, that passage applies to all of time in the sense of fathers uh, being the head of the home, uh, being the one that primarily does the chastening and the correction and the instruction in the home. And all Jesus is saying is that even among our own families, there'll be a division between those who accept the Lord and those who reject the Lord, and that there will be this 
this contention, unfortunately, between family members over the gospel. The gospel definitely separates good from evil, moral from immoral, uh, the just from the unjust, uh, and on and on I could go with the many divisions that the gospel creates. And so Jesus was simply saying there in Luke that many of our foes in our Christian walk will come from our own families. And while Luke, Luke 12 there, 53, may say that, you know, there's this division between fathers and sons, the last book of the Old Testament uh, in Malachi, uh, he prophesied that the last days and a sign of the last days will be the turning of the hearts of fathers to, to the children. And there just doesn't seem to even be a, a concern about this within the body of Christ at large, how that fatherhood has been under attack for decades and that Satan has been separating fathers from the home and survey after survey uh, has been held for decades in the ill effects that come from not having a father in the home and how children, children struggle without a father. Uh, fathers bring that sense of order and structure and consequences and rules, uh, things of that nature. And so I hope that that answers that question. Uh, this is a good question. Do young people want to accept the commitment of marriage? Um, the church at large has dropped the ball in ministering on the institution of marriage and what a marriage is and the power of marriage, the beauty of marriage, the holiness of marriage. We basically for a few decades have just gone stealth within the church. And so there's just not a lot taught about marriage and the importance of marriage. Again, in my book, Our Union with Christ, I'm literally dealing with the marriage relationship between us and Jesus and the decline in church attendance can actually be, be researched back to the decline of an understanding of marriage and the home and husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and what the Bible says, what God says about these roles and the power of these roles. So we do have a lot of young people today that are simply not committed to the institution of marriage. And, and that has to be reversed. That's part of the decline in all segments of our culture. Once the nuclear family is destroyed, then everything else begins to unravel in society. That's how important this is. And yet there's just not many that even speak up or speak out even from our pulpits on what is a marriage? Uh, what is the role of a husband? What is the role of a wife? We've got a whole generation that's confused and doesn't know what a woman is. Now, brothers and sisters, if, if you don't know what a woman is, my heart just goes out to you and the darkness of your heart, the foolishness of your heart. And yet worse yet, we have Christians that vote for people like Joe Biden who doesn't know what a woman is anymore, who is, is embarrassed to declare what a woman is, wants to remove, I showed you that article, his administration, father and mother from all the child laws that we have on the books. Uh, so people have just lost a vision of marriage. The church has lost the vision 
of marriage. So if there's any leaders of churches that are watching right now, then I encourage you to get with your pastors, get with your elders, and make sure you're providing things for the young people on marriage and the institution of marriage. All right, let's go to another one because this is a good question. How widespread are woke churches? Boy, I, I hate to report today that woke churches are very widespread, and I believe that's a part of the Great Awakening that is about to, has already begun, and I believe it's about to increase, is churches coming awake, churches being awakened to, we cannot sign off on all these euphemisms of words and redefining institutions that are ordained by God and what is sin and what is not sin. Uh, so there are far too many woke churches, unfortunately, but I'm praying that this great awakening will start in the churches. We're, say, we're seeing signs. The last time I was on, we had a caller that wanted to know what are the signs of this so-called <laughs> great awakening. Well, some of those articles in our newsfeed right here at Truth and Liberty will take you to some things that are happening that are, are signs of the great awakening. Arbor, Arburn, Auburn University has had a, a revival with thousands of students uh, gathering in a football field and worshiping Jesus. And it was reported last week that over 200 of them went straight into water baptism, things like that. High schools, there's movements of young people that are crying out to God, that are praying and worshiping God. So lots of good signs. All right, let's take a call. This is Cheryl, or excuse me, Sherry, my bad. Uh, Sherry from Maryland. Uh, thank you for calling, Sherry. Uh, what's your question, please? Hi, um, I was calling um, to ask when, um, uh, I'm sorry. No worries. When, there are two, when somebody gets a divorce and they get remarried, um, I was curious if a marriage is still blessed, even if the previous um, spouse has not passed away. Yeah, the, these are these are difficult questions, especially to have to answer uh, because you got to cover so much. Uh, Jesus specifically talked about divorce and remarriage uh, in Mark chapter ten and in other references. Uh, and he said, he said, except for divorce, I mean, except for fornication, uh, he put in an exception of fornication that you're creating issues where, where it's not, it's not a good thing to remarry. Uh, again, it, it takes a long time to talk about, uh, first Corinthians chapter seven and how to reconcile what Paul was saying with the things that Jesus said, uh, and how that if an unbeliever, for instance, departs, doesn't want to live with a believer, a spouse that's a believer. He deals with those issues. There's issues of, of spouse abuse where the, the wife or the children's lives may, may be at risk. Uh, and I'm certain that, that there's exceptions there. But what we, what we need to understand is the power of marriage and covenant, what Jesus was saying about how that they've become one flesh and, and how difficult it is to separate them and that one flesh principle. 
But let me just say this. Uh, there was a lot of mercy and grace under the Old Testament even in regards to divorce and, and remarriage and things of that, of that nature. Uh, and Jesus even specifically said it was for the hardness of our hearts that we get these divorces and that that wasn't God's will and plan. But like everything else, when, when it comes to sin and our humanity and falling short, there's grace there. There's mercy with God. There's forgiveness and restoration of our lives and things of that nature. So as far as answering it point blank, can God bless a second marriage? Absolutely, if our hearts are right and we've done the best we can and repented for our shortcomings and things of that nature, um, God's blessing is definitely on us, not based on our works, but based on the, the cross and the goodness and mercy of God. So I hope that helps. It's very difficult to answer that. I would recommend you certainly, or, or hopefully you have elders in your church that could walk you through uh, how, that, how that works. So thank you for calling, Sherry. All right, let's go to our second caller, uh, Nancy. She's a partner, and we appreciate that from Arkan, from Ar Arkan Arkansas. <laughs> I can talk. I swear I can talk. You're from Arkansas. Thank you for calling. Uh, my apologies, Nancy. What's your question? No problem. I used to be in Colorado Springs till last February. My question is, I I had been years ago diagnosed with glaucoma, and I have been learning Andrew's healing, and I, I listened to the conference. I wasn't able to come in person, and when Benny Hinn called out glaucoma is healed, I claimed it, said, yes, that's me too. And um, I had since then a um, uh, my glaucoma specialist had referred me to a cornea specialist because there were some blood vessels coming over the eye, and that's where I had LASIK way back 20 years ago. And so it kind of is causing an issue because my glaucoma doctor wants to do surgery. So they need to actually put chemicals in the eye to kill the blood vessels, which all this sounds pretty tragic, and it's not God's best. So my question is... I'm still standing on the manifestation of my healing. If I get to the doctor again, they still say, no, we need to do surgery because you, you could wake up one morning and not even have your sight. So I know that's part of the fear. So. Correct. Does, well, well, you know, the, the, um, the issue of your question, is it a lack of faith? to go with the doctor's recommendation. Let, let me just say this about faith uh, and God and his goodness again, his mercy, his, his love for us. He always meets us where we're at and he doesn't condemn us for any lack of faith. Let me just say this to you, Nancy. I guarantee you if, you, if you go through with the operation, you're going to have to have faith in God. <laughs> you're still going to have to believe God for protection. You're going to have to believe God for that doctor's success. You're going to have to believe God for your recovery. So whether you, whether you go the way of the doctor or you just feel led to stand, you're going to have to have faith either way. Let me just say that 
that while God meets us where we are, He's always encouraging us upward and to higher levels of exercising the faith that we have. And so how do you, how do you, how do you reconcile all this and even the goodness of God? You have to follow peace in your heart, peace in your heart. What do you have peace? What direction? You need to get before the Lord and simply pray and lay it before the Lord and, and, and ask the Lord, where, where is peace in your heart in which direction? Which direction as you pray and you think about it, do you have the most peace? And you let peace, Colossians 3.15, you let the peace of God rule your heart. And so God is good and you need to have that place of peace and rest whether you believe him and stand and you have a peace with that and you can live with the consequences because I'm at peace and I'm at rest with this decision or I'm at peace and rest with this other decision and I live with the consequences praising God regardless. So faith just simply stands and where is your peace in where you stand? That's how you discern it. God loves you either way. And God's not condemning you either way. And so I hope that helps. Let me come back to you. Did that, did that come anywhere near helping? Oh, it did. I had not thought about it from that angle. I'm going through the Healing Masterpiece series because I bought that. And it's just flooding myself more and more to get rid of that, oh, that, that's, it. Oh, that, that's how you, that's what you need to do regardless. You need to fill your heart with God's promises revelation of his healing power uh, and that and that's going to make a difference either place you stand. So that one I can say with confidence you need to do that. You need to go that direction. Uh, I don't know if you have the Healing University series. Is that the series yep. you're talking about? It's yep. excellent. It's excellent. It'll build your faith and help you determine where do you stand and is God standing with you? I think so many people are experiencing what you're experiencing and your question is helping so many people because the main thing is to never be condemned or think God's condemning you for a stand that you're taking. Trust Him regardless and praise Him in it. So thank you so much, so much for the call, Nancy. We'll put you in the list for the free book. You were an online caller. Our number again for our free gift today, my book on our union with Christ. It deals with marriage. It deals with our personal relationship with the Lord and how to deepen your personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, Nancy's call comes down to relationship with the Lord. Where are you at peace with the Lord in trusting Him? And this book deals with that as well. And we're going to give it away at the end of the program to one of the on-air callers, and we'll be calling you back. All right, we had another, another question. Uh, what happens when the wife is more godly than the husband? Or the husband <laughs> is not at all godly. <laughs> Amen. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 deals, deals with this. It actually says that the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse, else were your children unholy, that 
the believing spouse has the greater influence on the unbelieving spouse and is actually a spiritual covering for the children. That's the goodness of God again. It's the mercy of God. It's the, it's the grace of God. And so even if one is not very godly at all, you have to believe that greater is he that's in you, the believing spouse, than he that's working in the unbelieving spouse. Again, else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. First Corinthians chapter seven directly deals with that. So if, if you're the believing spouse that asked that question, you have the greater authority over your children and your family. Pray for your other, your other spouse and, and where they're at in their walk with God. All right, let's go back to our, our main teaching and we'll take some calls here in just a minute. We've looked at how God's authority is supreme and overall, family, family government and authority is second. And First uh, Corinthians 11:3 deals with that, Ephesians chapter five, the, the order of the home, the headship in the home. Uh, and I just want to encourage you that the culture has so successfully uh, minimize the power of marriage and the home, uh, made it trivial that even in churches, your churches that you attend, people don't see the priority of the family. They don't see the power of the home, the responsibility we have for our children. This current move by the public school system and school boards and, and local state and federal government to, to indoctrinate our children is an attack on family and the authority in the home. And we in the church need to get better established in this, make a stand, and then begin to have an effect in the culture to reverse this, that we're responsible for our children, not, not the teacher in a classroom, not the school board, not the federal government. We, parents, are responsible. They are to honor and obey us in the Lord, for this is right. And again, Ephesians 6 and Exodus 20 talk about how that they will live long on the earth and they will prosper through coming under their parents' authority. All right, let's take some more calls. Uh, we've got Tim, uh, a Truth and Liberty supporter from Wisconsin. Uh, what's your question, Tim? Thank you for calling. Hi, Pastor Duane. How are you doing today? I am most excellent. I appreciate you. Um, I was just thinking, I think I've, I've, I've talked to you before on here and um, maybe ask a similar question, but um, the situation I'm, we're in is we don't really have a good church we're part of in the community where we're at, and, I, and we end up doing online church a fair amount of the time, or we end up driving an hour and a half one direction or two hours another direction. I actually, I actually met you at Pastor Steve Castle's church in northern Illinois a few couple of years ago because we were... We'd gone down there on and off Thank for you. a while. But Thank you for coming. That's it. That's it. But so I really loved meeting you, and I. Yeah. Um, anyway, I. But so we end up dri occasionally driving farther away to a church, but it's hard to feel like you're part of a church when it's two hours away and you don't get to attend small group and that kind of thing. And I'm a I'm a very personal kind of a guy, guy where I like sitting down and having small group discussions and stuff like that. You know, church is more than just Sunday morning church to me. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. We find I find ourselves in, we find ourselves in a community where 
you know, most churches here just aren't spirit-filled. They're either very fundamentalist, um, and, but not, and, and, you know, legalistic, or they're kind of woke, and I, yeah. I struggle to put myself under a pastor yeah. that thinks any of those directions, you know. Yeah. And and so I, we end up just, honestly, we end up watching Victory Life Church from home a lot, and one of the well, I... churches we follow some, you know. But it's hard to feel like you're submitting under a pastor when it's a pastor that you hear but you never talk to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 we try to fill that gap temporarily. And I appreciate you being a part. And we're working on things uh, to help connect people better. Uh, a lot of our outreaches are small groups throughout the world now. Uh, where they're meeting in homes. So I would recommend uh, doing a life group, even under Victory Life. And I would recommend trying to connect, see what you can do to connect to us better. We probably need to reach out to you uh, as well to be there. I mean, there was one point where we had a funeral online. We literally did a funeral online for a, 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 a group of people that did not have a local church uh, and could not get connected to a local church. And so that's not God's best, but he really, he really honored that. He really blessed that. Uh, and we, we offer other things. So I, I would invite you to connect with our, our uh, uh, outreach pastor uh, at a different level, call and have a conversation. Secondly, I would recommend if there's any other believers I think it's wonderful, Tim, that you're outgoing like that and that you enjoy life group and small group discussions. A lot of men just, just aren't like that, and they need to be more like that as the spiritual head of their home. So I would recommend doing a home group, uh, a life group, and, and we actually have a lot of groups that meet on Sunday morning uh, in the home and invite other families. And those are outreaches. And many times they'll, they'll turn into, we have two that are about to become a Victory Life Church uh, because they've just grown. So maybe you're supposed to, to, to start a life group under Victory Life there. And uh, with Andrew's materials and my materials, you, you got plenty to share uh, and who knows what God might do. So um, let me pray for you quickly. Father, thank you for Tim. Uh, what an inspiration, what a blessing. I remember him now, and I continue to pray that he and his family be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to encourage you again, stay connected, and hopefully we can do more for you as well. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. All right, let's, let's go to Mary. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. I want to get in some calls as quick as possible. But Mary, you're from Georgia. Uh, can you quickly give me your question? Yes, I would like to know that when you are just beginning a ministry and sometimes it's hard to wait on God and some people go too fast because when God anointed David, he went back to the field. But he saw you on the ministry and taking you a long time, so you're getting ready to go on another level in God and you have some of the people that you hire are not ready to go where well, you getting ready to go. Right. And some of them is not honest to come to you and tell you this. So they stick around and they stay in there and they hurt other people because they are not ready to go. But Absolutely. Joyce, Joyce Miles said she will, 
she was so happy that this person was honest to come up and tell her that he wasn't ready to go there. And he right. asked to be excused for her ministry. So. Well, let, let me just encourage you, Mary. I got to get to some of these calls. Uh, let me encourage you that the, 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 mo the main thing in advice and any counsel is the Word of God and the, and the simplicity of God's Word, the consistency of God's Word. So, Mary, when you're giving someone advice, make sure that, that you give them simple, basic principles straight out of the Word of God for direct direction for their life so they don't get hurt. And then none of us should receive advice from anyone that doesn't line up with, with basic, clear scripture. Uh, that's just a part of being a good counselor and a good listener for counsel. So thank you for calling, Mary. I appreciate it so much. We'll put your name in the hat for the free giveaway. Uh, one of the on-air callers is going to get a free copy of our Union with Christ. And this deals with a deeper relationship with Jesus, our marriage relationship. All right, let's go to Graham from Colorado. Thank you so much for calling, Graham. Um, what is your question, please? Hi, Dwayne. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question today is, what does the Bible say about a husband who doesn't want to divorce his wife but has been separated from her for over a decade? Wow. Uh, wow. Well, <laughs> uh, first of all, that, that's not a marriage. Uh, and, uh, my heart, my heart goes out to you for that. Uh, but th what the Bible actually says, and it does directly talk about, uh, in first Corinthians chapter seven, that we're not to be apart for too long, except for prayer and fasting. Uh, so I would recommend reconciliation. We got to get some restoration going there. I wish I could help more. I'm going to have to go to a 90 second break. If you'll hold on, Graham, I'll come back to you in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I appreciate the callers today. I always enjoy fellowshipping with you. want to remind you of our number that you can call in, 
719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. And all of the on-air callers today, we're going to, at the end of the program, select one caller and give away a free copy of my book called Our Union with Christ. And this is to help all of us have a deeper relationship with the Lord. And when you begin to see our relationship with the Lord like a, a marriage, Christ being the husband and we being the bride, then you can develop that relationship just like you develop a relationship in marriage. I've been, I've been married for 42 years now and uh, I'm still growing in my marriage relationship. I'm learning new things still about Sue. She's amazing. Uh, that are exciting in this adventure. Well, I'm also learning new things about Jesus and my relationship with Him. And we always want to encourage you here at Liberty and Truth to, to have a personal relationship with the Lord, to, to be sincere with your walk with the Lord and, and just grow in that intimacy with the Lord. Well, Graham, were you able to hold, hold on through the break? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, who you're speaking of in this relationship, uh, and I don't want to put you on the spot in any way, uh, but whoever this is, I can't encourage you enough to, to pursue reconciliation, to pursue restoration. And a lot of times these things happen between couples uh, because they don't get help. Uh, there's got to be somebody uh, that can mediate they can stand in the gap and, and, and work this out and work things through. So I just want to encourage you. I also wanted to, to pray quickly uh, before I let you go. Was there anything else you wanted to say or clarify your question? Um, this is just for a, a friend of mine that uh, is a, a difficult situation and needed some insight on it. Yeah, well, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, and yeah, he, some insight does does need to be sought because that's, that's never God's will. That's never God's best to be a part like that. And I know there's all these circumstances, but there's got to be somebody. Uh, let me pray. Father, thank you for this precious, precious man, friend, uh, and, and helping him with his situation. I ask that you send a laborer, that you send him across the path of a laborer that has the wisdom of God that can help with restoration, with reconciliation. I've seen greater miracles than these, Father. And this couple, they could ex absolutely be such a testimony of your power of reconciliation. That's what you came for, Jesus, is to reconcile us back to God and now to each other. I pray that that be done in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again, Graham, for calling. I appreciate it. We'll put your name in the hat for the free, the free book. All right, let's go to Celeste uh, from Indiana. I appreciate you calling. Celeste, uh, what is your question today? Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, I was just wondering if, like, you have been a born-again Christian and been to church all your life and water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, but then fall back into sin and uh, become very ill in your life, an illness that has put you on disability, could that be to like a demon that entered in that you like cast out of me, I guess would be my question. 
Yeah, I, I think something like that, again, over the air, would be hard to discern or to recognize other than the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in me right now. But I definitely would, would encourage you, uh, first of all, that if you've backslidden, you, you need to get right with God regardless of your circumstances or what door opened or didn't open. But when we backslide, and definitely all of us can, many of us do, backslide. And anytime we go backwards, even as a Christian, we're, we're yielding to the enemy at some measure. Now, what and how he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I'm not sure anyone can answer without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But when we're not intimate with the Lord and we're not pursuing his plan for our lives, then, then that can give Satan access. And, uh, and the John 10, 10 is clear. He does come to steal, kill, and draw, destroy. But number two, I want to encourage you, Celeste, not to be condemned and just self-destruct in condemnation. Well, I backslid. I gave Satan place, and now I'm sick, and, and it's my fault. No, no. You, you, you need to just repent of not pursuing God because the, the real issue is when we backslide, we're not pursuing God, so we're not growing in our knowing on how to overcome Satan, on how to resist Satan, how to keep from entering temptation. So I just recommend that if you feel like you have not done what you were supposed to do in following God or backslidden, that you simply repent that, Lord, I'm sorry for that, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go forward now. Now, that's when you close the door on the enemy for sure, and now you just believe for your healing and for God's mercy. God is so good. He's so kind and merciful. He doesn't hold any of these things against us. Uh, Satan holds them over us. So by repenting, you shut the door on Satan. Now you open the door again for God to just flood your heart, flood your body, flood your soul. Start pursuing him right now with all your heart, all your strength. Just love him with all your heart, all your might, all your strength, and just watch him begin to work and move in your life. I hope that helps, Celeste. Uh, yeah. Any, any, any follow-up with that? Because my heart's going out to you right now. Well, I mean, I can say one thing, that I did have a 12-centimeter tumor found, that that's shrunk uh, to 1.3 centimeters after prayer. Um, Amen. <laughs> thank you. Although my pain still exists and it's still there, I, I am still believing in faith, you know, faith that God. Amen. Still, and and let me let me with your call and your heart let me inspire and encourage anyone that's watching that has backslidden or failed or not lived up to their full potential god loves you he's not holding it over you he's not the one condemning you we we just did some meetings and and saw some healings and ministered at at a a, a healing is now and uh, one of the things that, you know, I have brought out many times is that everybody Jesus healed was lost. <laughs> they weren't born again. They weren't spirit-filled. They weren't even going forward to backslide, and Jesus healed them. So God loves you. If you're watching right now and you've got some type of, of, of illness or disease or like Celeste just said, a tumor, 
uh, don't let the devil condemn you and beat you up that God can't or won't heal you because you're, you're not where you're supposed to be. Now, with that said, let's get to where we're supposed to be. Let's love Jesus. Let's repent. Let's go forward. But do not let where you're at keep you from receiving God's love and mercy. Thank you so much, Celeste, for calling. It was a great call. All right, let's go to Tala from Alaska. I, am I saying that right, Tala? Yes, yes. Thank you for calling all the way from Alaska. I went, I went fishing there a couple of years ago, and it, I had the time of my life, the time of my life. Uh, so thanks for calling, Tala. What's your question? Uh, yes, my question is, um, what do I have to do to get my divine healing from God? You know, I have bad arthritis, diabetes, and my fingers are all deformed from uh, arthritis. So that's my question. And I've been calling yeah. the prayer line, you know, and I good. you, I... Have you yes. have you called have you called our prayer line here at AWMI? Yes. Let me yes. quickly. I'm going to answer your question, Tala. Uh, let me give that number out because evidently people are are being encouraged to call in regards to healing again. Seven one nine six three five eleven eleven. That's the prayer line, and these are some of the finest people, the salt of the earth, that can stand and pray and then know how to pray and pray effectively, effectively. 719-635-1111. And there'll be someone, a prayer warrior, a prayer partner that will partner with you in prayer. So let's go back to Tala here and answer her question. And I, I want to be, I want to be cautious here and kind in my statement, but you asking me, what do I have to do? To, to get my healing. You have to believe and believe only. It is not anything that we do that gets us our healing. It's believing, it's trusting, it's resting. And many times in my own life, I've had so many instant healings. I've had miracles. Uh, I just shared at the Vision Conference, you can go back, that should be posted here at AWMI. But Andrew and I did a conference on, on vision, and I shared the, the, the raising of my grandson from the dead. And then it, it took, though, 21 days of us standing and praying, and listen to me, Tala, believing only that Jesus, we just rest in your finished work. We thank you that Urias is healed. His organs had, had shut down. He was dead for a half hour. So after he came back from the dead, uh, all of his organs were damaged. And so we had to stand. And after doing all to stand, we stood believing only that by the stripes of Jesus, he's healed. Now, it took 21 days, but we walked out of that hospital with a totally healed grandson and every organ healed. He's five years old now and absolutely whole, uh, and has walked in that healing. And I can't tell you why it took 21 days. Uh, I'm just grateful and thankful that after 21 days of standing and doing, doing all to stand, see what we have to do 
is rest in the finished work of Christ. And many times in our body, our finances, our marriages, definitely in our country, we're not going to see our government that's so corrupt turned around overnight, but it's a journey and it's a process. But even healing for our country is going to take time. So A to Tala personally, just stand. Um, well, I hate to promote a book. I wish I could get it to you. Um, I, I did a, I did a, a book called Counterculture and how the church is a counterculture. And I don't know if you can look it up on the website, even one chapter maybe, but there's a chapter on the armor of God and how we have to stand. And after we've done all to stand, stand, Ephesians chapter 6. So stand, believing you are healed, and just resist these manifestations uh, and keep praising God for His healing. Somebody said, well, you just told her something to do. Praise God. Well, I'm not praising God to get healed. I'm praising God because I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. So it's grace through faith. It's not grace alone. That's what Jesus did on the cross, and by His stripes you're healed. And then faith, you mix faith with the grace of God. And so I hope that helps not only Tala, but I hope that helps others that are watching. Is there any follow-up I can do with that for you, Tala? Uh, yes. I, 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 now I will do believing, trusting God. Amen. Just heal me. Yeah. He, he, Amen. Heal me and I'm healed in Jesus' that, mighty name. There you yeah. go. That, that's, that's, that's the position to take and, and, and just simply, simply stand. And everything just comes out of now relationship with Him. Thank Him. You're not thanking Him to get the manifestation. You're thanking Him that by His stripes you're healed and that your body will line up. And so what happens is, and this is what people miss, even when you're believing for a healing like Tala's doing, you're developing your relationship with the Lord. And so thank you so much for calling Tala. We're going we're gonna to put your name in the hat, and we're going to draw one name on all the on-air callers to get a free copy of my book, Our Union with Christ. So thank you, Tala. Let's go to Marcia. I hope I'm saying that right. Am I saying that right, Marcia? Or you're saying that right. Thank you, Marcia. Marcia's from Washington, and uh, she's awesome. What's your question, Marcia? It's actually Marcia, but that's fine. Marcia, I was gonna go with Marcia. That's why I asked. That sounds better than Marcia. My bad. Thank you, Marcia. How can I help you? I'm going to give you extra time. <laughs> oh, great, great. It may take that. Amen. Praise God. Um, I wanted to know what do you do? How do you pray when you go to a hospital or um, a doctor's office and, and instead of them diagnosing you with what's going on, they tell you you're okay. And you find out that you weren't okay, and and the results are right. When you order your records, you see that they seen some things, and they tell you everything was perfectly fine. So therefore, you didn't pray, you know, like Andrew. I saw Pastor Andrew. I saw him saying that 
the, the doctor gave him a diagnosis of heart trouble, and he just sent it back. <laughs> yes, he did. How do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You told, he told the doctor, sure. you don't see my heart. That is yeah, that's heart. right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. And how do you do, how do you pray when you are not told that something's wrong with you? Uh, and um, you're thinking you're fine, and all of a sudden you've got full-blown something, and, and, and it's like, that happened to me um, through a cancer diagnosis, too. They said they, there was no cancer there. And then next thing I know, I've, it's not only there that spread it, but recently I went into the doctor's uh, office. I went to an emergency room locally um, in the state of Oregon, and um, I was told that I had cancer Uh-oh, I'm having problems hearing you, uh, Marcia. There you are. Go ahead. Okay. I was told the opposite, that I was fine, and in fact, I'm not fine. <laughs> well, so, look, i got to jump in here. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you, yeah, I need to jump in. I'll give you some extra time here to come back. But uh, first of all, uh, God is so good. Uh, never forget that they're practicing medicine. <laughs> they're just practicing medicine. They are not final authority. They can misdiagnose, underdiagnose, uh, on and on we could go with mistakes because that system, while it has saved our lives, many of us, there's good that's come out of it. It's not a perfect system. That's number one. They're practicing medicine. Uh, number two, uh, I know that you're coming at this from a, uh, a negative perspective. I'm not being critical there. I'm just saying, well, what do I do because they've misdiagnosed? Um, it sounds to me like God has been faithful to reveal whatever's really wrong and that it's God that's going to heal you. It's God that's going to protect you. It's God and his report that you're going to have to believe in the end anyway. Uh, they misdiagnose all the time. Uh, I mean, the stories I could tell you that I've witnessed in the hospital, and while I respect doctors, I respect medicine, it is not a perfect uh, design for man. Uh, so Isaiah said, and I'm sure he would say to you, Marsha, that uh, who will believe our report? The bottom line is you're going to have to kind of adjust a little on, on trusting God, period. Uh, you can't believe them when they get it right uh, because they don't know your body. They don't know how you respond or lack of response to medicine or certain operations. God knows those things, and only God knows your body and, and, and what you need in the natural, even eating or, or things of that nature. So I just want to encourage you to be thankful that God is evidently, if you're going to still look for the doctors for even a diagnosis, God is being faithful to you. He's leading you somewhere here to get the proper diagnosis. But even if you get the right diagnosis, you got to trust God. 
you're going to have to fight whatever they're saying is wrong. And I would, I would start thanking God for His stripes, His healing, and His report, no matter what other report you get. Now, I needed to say that for other people listening as well. So from there, where, where do you want to go with your question? Because I can show you how to pray. Well, what I, um, what I was most disturbed about, I didn't go into details, is that I was at the emergency room and every nurse that came through or every person that came through, I asked them to look at my blood work and each of them gave me a different answer to the same test. <laughs> and that was disturbing to me. Are they trying to yes. hurt me? Yes. And, well, and no, no. It can only be on that screen. It can only say no. one thing. I, you know, I would get out of there and never go back. <laughs> but I don't think there's, it would, nurses, nurses are like angels. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, I've worked with them for other people and visiting the hospital, my family, what I went through with Urias that I just told earlier. Nurses are just angels to me. Uh, so I can't imagine one of them trying to hurt you, but I think that's proof positive. They don't know what they're talking about, uh, that they see it different, they diagnose it different, and we just need to trust God. You're gonna have to trust God at the end of the day. Uh, so, and I get, I get it could be a lot more detail but I think it's, I'm going to come to the same place as, Father, I thank you for healing me. I, I rebuke misdiagnoses in Jesus' name. I rebuke proper diagnoses in Jesus' name. I just rebuke anything. You need to, Marsha, you need to just rebuke anything that's being spoken over your body contrary to the Word of God, whether it's a misdiagnosis, a false diagnosis, or a true according to man diagnosis, rebuke it and trust God. So I really appreciate you. You were kind to me in the butchering of your name. So I, I, I'm going to put your, I'm going to put your name in the hat, uh, Marcia, for, for, for the free book on our union with Christ. Thank you for calling. I need to get to some of the other calls. Uh, I hope it helped in some way. All right, let's go to Jennifer from New Jersey. Uh, what's your question, Miss Jennifer? Hi, Pastor Dwayne. You are just Hi. amazing. I'm so Thank grateful you. for you. You're very kind. Um, it's true. So I'm grateful also for the previous caller, Tim, who asked the, question, the same question. I'm in the same boat in New Jersey, and I'm doing church at home online. So thank you for your answer and your insight there. Um, so my question now is, much like Flashpoint travels around the country doing conferences, any chance Truth and Liberty wants to make a trek out to New Jersey so all the left-minded <laughs> believers in New Jersey can see we're not alone and get on board. <laughs> well, first, first of all, I could tell you that uh, Andrew Walmack and myself really appreciate New York, New Jersey. I'm on national TV now uh, daily, and uh, just like Andrew gets so much response, uh, he told me, Privately, I hope not confidentially, or I'm toast, and no, we won't be on the road. <laughs> but uh, he, gets, he gets a lot of his, his response from his broadcast, his daily broadcast from uh, New York, New Jersey. Uh, and I'm experiencing that now that I'm on national TV. So thank you to your area. Uh, there's more of you probably than you think, or we wouldn't be getting the response that we're getting uh, from that area. So. 
Your second question, uh, we wouldn't do anything. First of all, I'm not in charge. Uh, I'm probably the lowest guy on the totem pole here uh, in decision making. Uh, I'm just serving, uh, loving, enjoying, and hopefully being a blessing. But I know that, that they would never do anything just because someone else did it. And, and I really respect Flashpoint for doing that. I think it was God. I think it is God. Uh, I can tell you if God spoke to Richard Harris and to Andrew, those would be the two uh, decision makers. Uh, I would go uh, if we did anything. We're, we're just birthing this. But I believe that I have a word from the Lord that truth and liberty is going to have an impact within a year, a year and a half, that we're going to see hundreds of thousands of people be a part of this, of this third great awakening. And I think truth and liberty is a part of the third great awakening. That's why I'm honored to be on the basement floor. Uh, I may be the youngest and the newest, uh, and I didn't mean to say I'm young and everybody's old. <laughs> I'm just saying youngest to it. I'd love to come to New Jersey uh, with Truth and Liberty. Uh, but again, pray about that. Uh, maybe Andrew will watch this broadcast one day and the Lord will speak to him. Or Richard Harris, he's, he's our vice president. So thanks for the call, Jennifer. Uh, call back again. Uh, all right, let's go to Frank. Uh, I remember you, Frank, from Missouri. Uh, appreciate you calling. I'm, I'm running out of time, but I appreciate you calling. I'm gonna put your name in the hat for the book. In the hat, there. Thank you. Yes, you did. You, you barely got in. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be about the same way for me getting into Bible school there. I want to come to. Uh, to care, so I've been praying with these people for a year and a half every day, and uh, I have an avenue to get there, but it, it, it's just going to take God to get me there. Anyways. Well, what's your question? I'm running out of time. Yeah, my question is about October the 4th, and uh, you, uh, I have a friend that's flying out with his wife to Switzerland, and I'm just concerned about uh, about whether or not uh, this, uh, this, uh, uh, this reset, this communication reset or they're going to reset everybody's phone at two o'clock at, and is that going to affect hospitals or prisons or air traffic, or is it just going to be like a, or, or the phone anyways, that, that well, I should, I should have warned you about that kind of a question, but yeah, I, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to fall to my default on this. Um, I've not heard enough and researched enough to have a truly informative answer. That, that's, my, that's my default. But let me just say this to you, Frank, and to everyone else watching. Um, I learned this about Andrew uh, recently in our fellowship time together, that I didn't know him when January 1st of 2000 came around. Uh, our paths had not crossed yet. And I made a bold, a bold statement and I took a high risk. Uh, I, I've taken a few of those. Um, I stood up against the book that came out in 1988 on 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. And I, I lost some friends over that, but then Jesus didn't come back. So uh, I gained more friends. Uh, then he wrote another book in 1989. And so anyway, I, I stood out against that. 
uh, in 2000, I, I saw all the fear that was created. And I know God is not the author of fear. So everything was supposed to collapse. Everything was supposed to crash in January 1st, 2000. And I made a bold declaration that it will not collapse. Uh, all the prophecies I had heard were fear motivated and God is not the author of fear. Uh, and so I could have really went down the tube on that, standing against that. But I actually gained favor by preaching faith. I did the same thing in the 2016 election with Donald Trump. I heard a clear word from God. I had never heard a word from God on who's going to be president, governor, local dog catcher. I'd never heard a word from God. Prayed for all in authority like the Bible commands us, but never had a rhema word from God. But God told me Trump would be elected. God told me the streets would be on fire and that we would see opposition to this man like we had never seen. And then number three, God would uncover corruption. All three of them came to pass. I lost a lot of friends, but I gained a lot of favor because I knew I had a word from God and every bit of it's come to pass. We are actually seeing the emergence of the police state right now attacking and, and using government to attack a political opponent, taking his assets from him, trying to imprison him. This is communist 101. And so God's revealing it to those who have eyes to see. So my instinct tells me we're gonna be okay. I don't have a rhema from, from God, but I would say what I've said my whole life. Do not fear, have faith in God. We're going to be okay. All is well. And God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us one of power, of love, and a sound mind. And I guarantee if you'll stay connected to truth and liberty, you'll have a sound mind. God bless you. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.